Hollywood is experiencing an attack of the handsome boy clones. It's getting harder and harder to tell movie stars apart. Just look at the four different superhero stars with a similar body type all named Chris. I'm sorry, Pine. You're just not beating Thor. Beyond the Chris's, there are Ryan's Gosling, Reynolds, and Philip. And Ryan Murphy shows have a rotating cast of square-jawed, dark-haired guys who are so interchangeable it's even a joke on set. Instead of movie stars, we have movie star types. So who are these male movie star types and why is it getting harder and harder to tell your favorite actors apart? Today's everyman handsome lead archetype has become clear. Lightly stubbled men with impossibly chiseled abs who are often named Chris. Please say hello to Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Who is Chris, you ask? Chris is the action hero who's a lot like us, if we were a little bit funnier and went on a very intensive diet and workout regimen. Despite their well-cultivated physiques and cute faces, Chris actors were originally known for being relatable, everyman comedy stars, and they've been turned into superheroes almost overnight. Who are you? Burt Macklin, FBI. I was the best damn age they had until I was framed for a crime I didn't commit. Chris is often comedic, can be sweet, and feels like an okay guy. At the same time, he's not overly distinctive or different, which is part of his mass appeal. Each of the Hollywood Chris's has been plugged into different big-budget Hollywood IP, whether it's Chris Hemsworth in Men in Black, Chris Pratt in Jurassic World, Chris Pine in Star Trek, or Chris Evans in Lightyear. There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. It's hard not to feel like any of these Chris's could be swapped out in any of these properties without too much changing. So no matter which Chris is your favorite, ultimately the core of Chris is that he's an interchangeable Ken doll. Ears burning? That's because each Chris has moved steadily toward the intersection of blockbuster action and goofy comedy, reflecting broader trends in movies. Chris Hemsworth started playing Thor as a serious character who eventually became one of Marvel's biggest sources of comedy. We know each other! He's a friend from work. Meanwhile, Chris Pratt got his start as a sitcom star before going on to play a hilarious action hero in Guardians of the Galaxy and even a Navy SEAL. Next, there are the Ryans, who are not only both Canadian, they look so much alike that Ryan Gosling often gets mistaken for Ryan Reynolds on the street. And a news outlet once confused the two of them in a post about Gosling's role in the Netflix film The Gray Man. That makes sense. Even though Ryan Gosling started out as a child actor and rom-com heartthrob and Ryan Reynolds came up in comedies like and Wilder, the two have developed similar energies. Both Ryans have an aura of being amused by everything and a sense of detachment, keeping at a remove that makes them perfect as either cool action heroes, quippy wise asses, or lovable losers. You know, nobody got hurt. I'm saying I think they died quickly though, so I don't think that they got hurt. There's also the type of actor we can't keep straight in Ryan Murphy shows, whether that's Cheyenne Jackson as the icy therapist Dr. Vincent on American Horror Story Cult, or Max Greenfield as strung out Miami hustler Ronnie on American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Pop quiz, can you tell whether this is Cheyenne Jackson, Max Greenfield, or Wes Bentley? These seemingly interchangeable men have dark hair and strong jaws, and in each case, Murphy takes someone who's classically attractive and makes them unsettling. I have better cheekbones anyway. Beyond that, as BuzzFeed has pointed out, it's really hard to tell apart blockbuster stars James McAvoy, Luke Evans, and Orlando Bloom. Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe channel that slightly otherworldly everyman energy to anchor a fantasy epic. Zac Efron, Chase Crawford, and Ian Somerhalder can all sub in for each other as that hot, former cool kid type that's now maturing into adulthood. So use that as a down payment. Resembling a famous actor can also fast-track a less-known actor's career, because audiences may respond to their general familiarity or even mistake them for the A-lister, and casting agents get that Hollywood effect for a lower paycheck.
This is no stunt. All this look-alike casting is less about showcasing a unique actor giving a performance than selecting someone who can embody a vibe. In big-budget action movies, the vibe calls for a Chris. A slightly quirkier and funnier but still mainstream appealing movie might call for a Ryan. And a Ryan Murphy anthology series needs that brand of handsomeness that freaks us out. The fact that it's hard to tell these actors apart isn't a bug, it's a feature. As writer Matthew Jacobs put it in the Huffington Post, quote, a Hollywood once organized around heavyweights like Joan Crawford, Robert Redford, and Will Smith now favors intellectual property in which specific actors are largely beside the point. This gives the actors a lot less leverage. It's why, apart from the absolute biggest names, the stars in Marvel movies actually make much less than you might think, and several of them didn't get to negotiate for higher salaries until they became established in the roles. There have been periods in the past where stars had an in-vogue look or body type. In the 1980s, action heroes were often impossibly huge guys like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Leave anything for us? Just bodies. Arnold came from the world of bodybuilding and became the idealized male body, to the point where it was considered surprising when Die Hard cast Bruce Willis, a smaller, leaner guy who, at the time, was most famous for the romantic TV show Moonlighting. After that, for a while, male movie stars were slimmer and prettier. Take Leonardo DiCaprio in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, or Jude Law and Keanu Reeves. Look into his eyes. Those big, pretty eyes. Today, we do still have giant action heroes, but they tend to be what we've called the buff clown. Huge, bald guys who can also do comedy, in the vein of Batista, The Rock, or Vin Diesel. Now that these certain categories of looks have calcified, they might not go away anytime soon. Access to improved technology and expensive personal training regimens has made it possible to standardize the appearance of Hollywood heroes in ways that would have been much harder even a few years ago. One of the new junior executives at the network has suggested we recast the whole movie with younger, edgier versions of the team. In some respects, this use of strict training regimens and tightly controlled bodies really reflects that men are getting the same treatment female stars long have. For years, actresses in Hollywood have been pressured to conform to whatever standard of beauty is popular at the time, ranging from the dangerously thin starlets of the early 2000s to curvier stars chasing after the Kim Kardashian look. That's why older coverage of stars looking the same almost always focuses on women. And of course, this dates back throughout the entirety of human history, as beauty standards change from generation to generation. The idealized women of artists like Raphael were commonly curvy, with pale but slightly flushed cheeks and soft, round faces. In the same way that women have been subjected to overwhelming standards for attractiveness, these training programs and diets are designed to turn somebody's body into the theoretical, impossible ideal. And that process can have real, negative effects on someone mental health and self-image. Just ask Kumal Nanjiani. People are like, do you feel good about yourself? I'm like, no, this is the most miserable I've ever been in my life. I've never felt worse about myself. Having such a homogenous look makes it much harder to achieve real diversity and equity in Hollywood. As a result, we see less leading Black, Asian, and Latino actors, even though this contributes to Hollywood actually losing money. And when all of the stars look and feel the same, it's hard for any one person to command real power over studios the way someone like Tom Cruise does. The elimination of the need for movie stars has gotten even more pronounced as Hollywood moves toward endless sequels, which eventually demand new actors to replace older ones. The hunt for a new 
new James Bond is a hunt for an actor who can seamlessly embody what we already think of as Bond, while bringing some variation to the role. And for Tom Hiddleston, he's the favorite after being spotted with the Bond director and producer. Even when the actors aren't dead ringers for their counterparts, they're often still cast because they have a similar charisma and overall screen persona. Oscar Isaac was cast in Star Wars because he channels some of the same swaggering disrespect for authority as Harrison Ford's Han Solo, something the series makes explicit by pitting him against Leia in The Last Jedi. You're demoted. Eventually, technology might make it possible for studios to avoid having to ever recast these roles at all. The most recent season of The Mandalorian featured a cameo from Luke Skywalker, made possible by a combination of de-aging, deepfake technology, and audio clips stitched together from decades of Mark Hamill's public appearances. This is the same technology that allowed actor Miles Fisher to become a draw, because he can credibly impersonate Tom Cruise. As I find myself the unofficial face of this deepfake movement, it's important to learn and I'm fascinated by this. This is the bleeding edge of technology. When our stars are so interchangeable, we lose the power of true stardom, someone whose magnetism and acting talent makes you look at them and who bends a scene around them. It's hard to imagine one of the Chris's or even most of the Ryan Murphy crew having the specific energy of someone like a young Jack Nicholson. Oh. Oh, I've got a helmet. <laughs> I got a beauty. In fact, one of the most famous actors alive right now is successful precisely because he doesn't fit into any of these previously established molds. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Adam Driver first became famous as Lena Dunham's love interest on Girls, where he played a character who was charismatic at times, but also undeniably weird. Of course, Adam Driver is hot and athletic. In some respects, he's a typical star, except that entertainment writers feel compelled to pen articles about his quote, really big face. Adam Driver's popularity isn't in spite of his appearance, it's because of it. No matter who he's playing, it's hard for us to look away, something that can't always be said for any of the various movie star types. So we should think twice before getting rid of stars altogether. When stars are truly unique and in demand, they have a lot more power over what roles they take and can demand that the material they're working on rise to their level of mysterious originality. That's The Take. Click here to watch a video we think you'll love or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications.